seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have me, Sacred Stone. <laughs> oh, this you crazy mother... Welcome, friends, to episode 190 of Color of Magic, your Magic Gaming Podcast, where we talk about all types of issues, and boy, there's a lot of issues this week, that affect gamers at and away from their gaming tables and computers. I am your host, Daquan Watson, and for 190 episodes, still got my main man making it down there in Texas. How's it going, Brian? Pretty good. I want to announce that I just finished season one of Only Murders in the Building on Hulu. So I think me and Daquan are going to start solving crimes now. I just decided. We should. I haven't even seen that yet, but I've heard great things. It is really good. If you, I mean, it's that, that perfect blend of, you know, comedy and mystery. And of course, Steve Martin and Martin Short are always incredible. Uh, Selena, I mean, Selena Gomez, too. She's been crazy to say. I think we've been watching her for what, probably already 10, 15 years. Yeah, it feels <laughs> like 15 point. years already. Yeah. You know, it, you know what's wild? Really good. I do that in real life. Like, like when I'm driving up and I see like weird skid marks where like it's in circles or whatever in the <laughs> middle of the road. In my head, I'm like, how did this happen? Like, how did you get in this situation where you're skidding like that? So like mentally, I'm trying to like recreate it or whatever. Like, and I know it's such a nerdy thing to do when you just see something weird and you start going, how did this happen? And you start trying to make a scenario that's believable. That, that thing could have happened in so like i don't know uh, i'm with you if you wanted to solve some crimes i hell i'm already doing it let's do it <laughs> <laughs> but, but by doing it you mean you've thought about investigating some tire tracks right? exactly exactly like i'm halfway there that's all but, by tv standards that's good enough right because they got exactly. you know, everybody hey, angela lansbury just wrote the stories at least i'm out there in the in the field looking at the tracks <laughs> it, it used to be you know the person like murder she wrote okay she was a crime author they got <laughs> they got bakers solving mysteries now apparently anybody from any walk of crime can do the tender work if they just really concentrate on it that's true hell they had that one dude what was that show about i think was it called numbers i don't know where the dude oh yeah where he uses math to figure out what happened yeah like i didn't watch that show but i caught like one episode where he was like oh well it couldn't have been her and they're like why well because the trajectory of the water from the sprinkler and blah blah like puts this whole like really contrived thing together yeah and like and this is why it couldn't have been her because she would have been in this building instead of that one and the water could have never hit the window and but i'm like oh come on man <laughs> but a lot of times that is how cases turn on just i saw one where i never knew before i watched this episode i think it was forensic files trash bags have serial numbers Yes, oddly, I knew that. Oh, but actually, I don't remember if I remember it was trash bags or the packages of the trash bags. But they caught some guy because the, the, the trash bag he had used to dispose the body of. And like, you know, well, how do you know it's his trash bag? It, the serial number matches all the other. Like, what? And I guess when, when the police searched his house, he still had the role. Like, yeah, this is, let's say, seven bag number 750, and you still got bag number 751 over here. This trash bag came out of your house, bro. Like, I didn't know that, and clearly he didn't know that. <laughs> hey, you get caught, you get caught. I've heard detectives say that, you know, there are so many, there's probably about 50 different ways to get caught if you commit a murder. And if you're an absolute mental level genius, you might be able to figure out how to cover 48 of them. But nobody can figure out how to cover up all 50 of the tracks that they leave. The problem is, like, 
I saw it because I saw this one the other day where I know now we're in like deep forensic files here, but this lady was posting a thing where she was on these talk shows because she wrote this book for her kids because uh, like their father passed and it was like, hey, we're going to write a children's book on how to deal with this or whatever. And then the cops came and arrested her and nobody understood why. And it's because she had killed the father. And I'm like, how cold blooded is that? You're like. Not only am I going to kill the husband, then you're going to write a book to start your book career off of it. Like, that's wild. Like, and then imagine the kids, too. The kids are wrecked now. Well, yeah. You know what I mean, like, now, like, you just, you, oh my God. Like, those kids are going to be in therapy till they're like 40. That's the worst part of situations like that, which is, you know, happens so often where one spouse kills another, you end up, you know, when they get caught, you've basically orphaned the children at that point. Yeah. It, it's just awful. But let's get on to a piece of good and interesting news this week, uh, because, boy, we have a lot that's going to get people heated. <laughs> so let's let's start with some good stuff here. We are actually this is kind of the part where I would normally tell you, you should go over and check out Cardsphere.com, the show sponsor. And I'm still going to tell you, if you were looking for their services, go check out Cardsphere.com, because they have been great to the show for over two years. You know, they've been supporters of us, resharing, retweeting our stuff online, helping us gain some reach. And they were a team of three dudes, last I checked, that are just busting their butts over there, really doing something different, trying to make a go for it for themselves. Really good service. They're always out here sponsoring new creators, new talent, you know, all those people who just need, need something, a little bit to help them get by when they're starting out. They're, they're forging those relationships. And for that, that alone, they deserve some of your service, some of your money. But, you know, a time comes where, you know, the relationship just can't sustain itself anymore. And by that, I mean that my content, especially, was starting to grow. You know, I've done a lot at this point in, the, in three and a half years that I've been doing content for myself. Uh, we've slowly tried to grow this podcast, obviously. I've done a lot to grow my YouTube channel, my social reach. Obviously, we're going to talk about it later in the show, but you know, I'm getting more exposure, getting opportunity to do like coverage and things like that and building my brand. And as that happens, you get more opportunities. People reach out to you, you know, bigger sponsors, bigger partners. And unfortunately, when some of your brands you've worked with are smaller, they can't compete on that same level. And because of that, we do have a new sponsor coming on board. So before we talk about them, I do want everybody to know that, like, yes, this is largely a money thing, you know, but this is something that's kind of been slowly coming. And we talked about it before. So it's not like nobody got blindsided and there's no no hard feelings or anything like that. You know, we're not going to be like, oh, you're still using Cardsphere. Like, no, I, I think people should still use Cardsphere and they're good people. So, yeah, nothing bad to say about them. This isn't a harsh breakup by any stretch, you know? So if you like their service, you like what they do, you should still use them. But so I can give Brian a little more money <laughs> and, you know, start putting a little more money back for myself or whatever. We're now going to have cool stuff Inc on the show. So that's our new sponsor. If you didn't know, cool stuff Inc has been around a very long time. Uh, they have a whole selection of stuff, not just magic stuff. You can get board games, 
uh, all types of card game supplies, whatever, all that is on their website. And you probably have seen some of the other stuff and people that they sponsor. You know, MTG Nerd Girl, Ali Andrazi, uh, Covert Go Blue, the Magic Mike's podcast, you know, a bunch of different people. So they're very active out there. And so everybody knows how this came about. I got to go fly down to the Orlando Command Fest, uh, I guess now about four weeks ago or five weeks ago. I don't know. Time time is, is a construct. I don't remember. But <laughs> like it's been a while. But in going down there, had conversations, got to meet the company. You know, we went back and forth and they agreed to like come on and sponsor all my stuff. And that does include the podcast. And that opens up some opportunities and some other doors. And I would have been foolish to say no to it because there's just a lot of benefits from that type of relationship. So, you know, it it, it is hard. Don't be wrong. Like I because I am super appreciative of a small company, a small business type relationship of helping each other grow and expand. I really am. And, you know, I'm that guy. I, I go shop at farmers markets. You know, I try to buy like my local fancy soaps from from some locals, you know, all that. So it, it does hurt a little bit, but, you know, some of it's also just practicality at the end of the day. So, yeah, you will be hearing some more ads as the future goes on here with stuff for Cool Stuff, Inc. And I'm happy to have them on board. I think it's going to be a good relationship. I think they're nice people. I think their offerings and their site and their service are good. So, yeah, you know, and I've already worked with a lot of the people they sponsor, you know, so I already have those relationships in place. So it, it actually makes a lot of sense. So if you're listening, thank you for being supporters of ours and for supporting Cardsphere all this time. Continue to do so if you like their stuff. But on the other side, if you do need some things and uh, gaming things, not even just magic things, but if you need gaming things as a whole, go check out CoolStuffInc.com and you can use code DRAGON and save 5% on your purchase. And that does come back to help the show out. Let's them know that our listeners are going over there and using the code. So that's nice. So yeah, go do that. It'll help us out. But if you want another way to support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash color of magic and you can get a shout out just like Carlton Parsons. Thank you for being a friend. Because, you know, I was talking a lot about Golden Girls yesterday. I was going to say, like, I feel like I've heard that before. <laughs> that was just on top of my mind from a conversation I had yesterday. And then, of course, you can go to colorofmtg.com slash shop and pick up some merchandise. But, all right, let's get into some nitty-gritty because we're about to start getting serious on a lot of things. Because, man, this is going to be a week. All right, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start this by, and I feel like I've said this before, but it's probably been 50, 60 episodes at this point. But creators are not your puppets. And I say this because I don't want to spoil too much about later in the show, but if you've been following Twitter or whatever, there's some obvious news that pertain to people like me and Brian that we're obviously going to talk about. If you know, you know. If not, hang around. We'll get there in the next, like, 20, 30 minutes. But people literally, when something comes up, will start hitting you up and be like, oh, you should do a video about this. You should talk about this. You should go do this. And then when you tell them, like, don't be wrong. Suggestions, recommendations, great. And in some cases, it even helps us out as creators to know what our community is interested in or wants to know about. Or even if we're having some writer's block or something or trouble scripting something, it'll help us consider what to include. 
totally fine. But when the creator tells you no, or that they're not going to do it, even more so if they give you a reason why they're not going to do it, that's the end of the discussion. Hell, by now, we should all know no means no. You know what I mean? Like, that's it. We're done. Don't keep pushing people and harassing them. There's a lot of reasons they may not want to do something. For me, a lot of times, it's a matter of, what well, one, I don't have time, you know, on some of them. But the other issue is, it's not just the time to produce it. It's the time for the follow-up. Because if you're coming to us saying like, hey, you should do a thing over this sensitive topic or this this hot button issue or whatever. We know that once we hit send on that piece of content or upload or whatever, we now have to be available to respond to YouTube comments, to retweets from people sharing stuff. DMs are going to be coming in, stuff on Facebook Messenger, wherever we're putting it, right? That becomes part of our day for the next, hell, in some cases, a whole week that we're going to be getting those things and dealing with them. And some of them we have to, like, follow up with people. We're blocking folks over here. We've got to make sure that, like, the discussion isn't getting derailed on our on our social media or on our, our YouTube stuff or whatever it is, right? It's not just, hey, you need to go talk about this thing. There's also the issue of some things the creator may not feel comfortable talking about. For a lot of reasons. They could have personal history involved in it. They may not feel well-versed enough on that subject or whatever. Hell, in some cases, I have not posted things because I don't want to feel like I'm talking for another community. Right? It's theirs. It's their problems. If they ask me or maybe I do a thing and say, hey, here's what's going on. Maybe you've seen this. But if you want a better, closer account of things, go follow this person. Go do this thing. But it's not my place to necessarily do a video. Like, a good example here is on the show, right? We talked a couple of months ago about uh, the dude that was making the uh, uh, the AI models of the other uh, women creators or whatever it was, right? We can talk about how stupid that is, that you're even doing that, right? How awful it is, how it makes people fear. We can talk about that stuff and why it's wrong and the punishment the dude should have. But then beyond that, it's hard to speak from the position of a woman because we're not women, right? We can only go so far with it. Same way that if you go to a creator who's white and you want them to talk about black issues, there's only so far they can go with it. And then you're asking them to be in an uncomfortable situation to try to speak for somebody else. Now, if they want to just top line the issue and talk about like why they support it or don't support it or whatever, like totally reasonable. But again, they also are going to have to be prepared for whatever dumb messages, backlash, or whatever comes with that when you post that. And not everybody's in a place to deal with it. Hell, mentally, you just may not even want to deal with it. I mean, this week alone, I cannot tell you. I, my block list on every platform has increased threefold this week. And I am not even exaggerating. Like, I spent the better part of three hours on one night just clicking on people's usernames on different platforms, looking at what they posted or tweeted or whatever in the last 20 or so things, and then deciding if they were just block-worthy or not. Like, that's what I did with my evening. And you know what else was worse about that? 
it was on a Saturday night after I'd already been up at seven in the morning because I had to be ready to do commentary, did commentary all day, did content that I need to have posted, and then mess with that till two in the morning to be up at seven again the next day to do day two of commentary. <laughs> and then still have people beating me up in the DMs going, oh, you should do a video about that. You should talk about this. You should. I'm like, I'm already dealing with a lot right now this week, y'all. And that's not even trying to just do my regular work for all these other things. So it's like, y'all need to understand, like, if you feel that confidently about it, hey, yes, I get it. Your voice may not be as big as theirs, but at least go talk about it. Go do something. Go make a post, write an article, put your own stuff up on your TikTok, whatever it is, you go get involved. The creators, most of us are going to get involved in our own time. If we have the bandwidth to do it. And bandwidth, I mean, it could be socially, mentally, financially, whatever it is. Each topic's going to be different for each person. But expecting the creators to do the thing just so you don't have to and they go do the thing, like, you have to understand, there may be multiple reasons somebody does or doesn't do a thing. And we're to a point now where so many of us know each other. We may be too close to a situation. Let's say... (laughs) I'm just make up an example. Let's say I got accused of robbing a bank this weekend. Okay, you know. You're right, though that'd be tough, right? Because now I if I'm making content that I think truly on some level does exonerate you, I know I'm gonna have to catch hell because they're like, well, he's just your longtime friend, your co-host on your exactly. podcast. Like, of course you're gonna defend him or whatever. Yeah, anybody like, would expect you to. Yeah, even, so now even I've got the go evidence through. says something completely different. That's that's how friendship works. Exactly. So now I gotta go through all the hoops of like, well, now I gotta spend extra time proving all these things double time because I know what comes with that, right? So like that's a whole thing. So it's just like, uh like so I totally get you. Totally and get these, thing, these things happen in real time. Like when somebody's first accused of something, we don't know if they're guilty. Their investigative work has to be done. Witnesses need to be talked to. And, you know, okay, yeah, well, I, I, I've done that work, but it doesn't happen overnight. Even with all the resources of a newspaper or a television station behind you, it doesn't. There's two of us. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So this is kind of similar, right? The dude that did, uh, was it, was it Might Muscle Magic or whatever it was that, Turns out, like, he was harassing people and and sexual assault and all this other stuff that had gone on. And he lied to to women to sleep with them or whatever. I almost was going to reach out and do a deal with the guy until we could make sure that lobby cons were happening at all the magic con things, right? Because he seemed okay on the above board or whatever. But I was like, I slowed down because I'm like, let me research this dude a little bit because I don't know that much about him. And I always, if I'm going to get into an agreement with somebody, I always go do try to do as much homework as I can. And something something didn't feel right, and I didn't know what it was, but then news started coming out that next week, and I was like, oh, well, this is why I didn't feel right. But I can't come out and talk about him because I don't know him that well. I literally have had all of, I think, 30-minute worth of conversation, maybe 45 minutes worth of conversation with him. And other than that, it's just what I'd seen in passing and what a few people had said. So... People coming to me going, are you going to cover this story? It's like, other than just mentioning it or like on our podcast, as we did just like, here's the top level news. I can't do anything else with that. Like, I don't know enough to make a competent story. I mean, I get it. You want me to like vilify this person who did a bunch of awful things, which I agree. He did a bunch of awful things, but that's kind of all I can say about it. I'm not bringing new details to the table. I'm not bringing 
even anecdotal relationship stuff to the table because I don't know him that well. So what do you want me to do with that? You know, that's an issue too. As much People as we- that have never made content before have never thought that far about it. They, they, you just hit send, pretty much. You filmed yourself talking, and then you hit a button, as, as far as they know <laughs> how that happens. Sadly, some people do. And I don't want to be one of those people. Like, if I bring a thing, especially something that's a sensitive topic, I at least want to have some information to bring to the table. It could be personal. It could be just professional relationship stuff. It could be, here's all the facts that I was able to pull together, whatever. But I got to be bringing something to the table other than just like, hey, here's some news of a thing that happened. That's all I got. If that's the case, it's just a blurb here on the podcast. That's not make a whole 20 minute video just tearing a person down. I know nothing about like that. just doesn't make sense other than to say, like, I agree that all the things he did were bad. You know, that's all I can do. So I'm just saying, if you reach out to creators, keep doing so. Nothing wrong with that. We like the feedback. We like the ideas. But once a creator tells you no. It's no. And if they are kind enough to give you a reason, it's an absolute no. Because now they've already justified why they don't want to do it. And if you keep pressuring them to do it, you are now the asshole. I don't care who you are. All right, I'm done. Folks, uh, I came across more than well, more than a couple of disturbing stories about child marriage and how some of the people that were that basically had their parents or somebody try to force them into it are now helping make the laws that hopefully will, if not prevent it, at least legislate it and and put some consequences in place when people try to marry off children. And the frightening thing is, you know, one of the one of the stereotypes is, oh, this goes on in other countries. This goes on in places that aren't as aren't as liberated as America. No, uh, by by the definition of child marriage, basically somebody under eighteen being allowed to marry somebody over eighteen, it's technically illegal in forty four of the United States of America. So it's not like so many of the things we think are not an issue here. It's a huge issue here. It's. I was flabbergasted that many states allow somebody eighteen or under eighteen to marry somebody. But then, when I, when I think about probably you know how many, if I'd counted how many southern states probably do it, I guess I probably wouldn't have been shocked. But forty four of the the overwhelming majority, basically, of American states will allow it. And some of them will say under under special circumstances. I I can't imagine eighteen year old Brian picking out somebody to marry. I just I shudder to think how bad a decision I would have made at eighteen. And do you know? Let me let me paint a picture for people that creates a real problem when you're running. In my case, you know, we were running big Shonen Jump events for Yu Gi Oh. We were running convention stuff, you know, and you see one of those types of relationships, it mentally messes with you and causes a problem. Because now, and I've done this more than once, where you start kind of like, you go over, you kind of find a reason to be near them so you can politely introduce yourself or whatever and try to like figure out what's like, is this a, 
is this a legal or illegal thing that's happening here? Right? Is this something both people are comfortable with? Because like you don't know. And it, yeah, and it, and it gets in weird. Some cases, it's an arranged marriage. That's that's not something that just happens overseas. There are plenty of people here that basically, a, oh yeah, this will be a good thing, you know, for our family. Yeah, you should marry that that creepy old man, for lack of a better term. I'm just saying, I've seen it more than once, and it's one of those things where you, because like if it happens in my store and I don't recognize the adult. Then I'm immediately like, hey, hold up and ask some questions because like I know usually know the family because they come in the shop, the store, I know the parents, whatever. But when that happens, when I'm just out in an event, I'm just like, ah, who is that? What's going on over there? You know what I mean? So I'm like asking staff or whatever, like, yo, do y'all know what this is about? You know, so I got to go over there and deal with something because it gets weird real fast. And you don't want to be the dude who just like let somebody go off with somebody's kid or whatever and somebody else sees that or whatever now you got that on you you know so it's like uh, it's a weird thing man i don't i don't know why it's I, it's also the wild the part people... about me is i i i know the creepy part of why but why you know what i mean <laughs> it's, it's frightening how many people as you said you'll you'll just run into them in public and they're walking around like this is a just perfectly normal relationship and not even not even slightly embarrassed about it. Yeah, I just I don't know, man. I don't know. It's it's there are many, many things that cause a lot of problems that I just don't think the average person is even aware that still goes on in the US and so many places. And boy, we're not even done. We're gonna be talking about more of those on the show today. Oh my gosh, we we got so much stuff, but let's at least try to talk about something a little more interesting here, Brian. We at least get a, a happy moment. So please tell me you have something fun that you learned this week. Yeah, this uh, so far in 2023, I guess is going to be our biggest week for video game releases. One of the good things, you know, about obviously 2022, we had a lot of delays because, you know, things are still COVID was still pushing down on people in various industries and things. So what good news is a lot of the stuff that might have been postponed in 2022, things are dropping now, things are ready. And this week, uh, if you, for some reason, hadn't heard, so we were getting Diablo 4 and Street Fighter 6. So, yeah, those are two just of the huge, uh, huge names in the industry. We're also getting for, it, it, maybe not as quite, uh, a big release, but it's, I promise you, it's for what I think here, it's going to be a good game. Super Mega Baseball 4. If you even kind of sort of like baseball games, sports games, especially if you like games along the lines of NBA Jam or um, NBA Street, NFL Blitz, those bigger, more arcadey type games. Super Mega Baseball is in that vein. The team that started at Metal Hits, I believe I started out as, I want to say, a two person shop. They made this super mega baseball game. I, I reviewed the first one, I'm sure probably 12, 13 years ago now. Was blown away that this is something that two people had done basically in their own homes. And uh, word got out. They kept doing these great games. And finally, EA noticed the work they were doing, went ahead, bought Metalhead Software. I'm sure now they have an entire team. So I can't wait to see what they've been able to do with, with actual resources, marketing budget, 
triple A game support behind them. Yeah, it's this is going to be an incredible week to be a gamer. We had to quarter talk before the show. It almost feels like Street Fighter has been out already for. Dude, for real, I swear I've been seeing Street Fighter content for like six weeks already. Oh, I, I mean, you have. There's a beta. There's been all kinds of things. You know, and then just Street Fighter is one of those games where every time even the tiniest morsel of a combo system is mentioned, yeah, we go out and, and videos are made because Street Fighter is, you know, that it is one of the iconic, uh, one, of the, one of the reasons we still have fighting games that are still popular. And apparently this one has done a lot to try to, Make it because I am not somebody that's exceptionally good at fighting games, especially without wrestling based games. But they've apparently taken some steps to make it so where you know you don't have to be a pro level player to get in and at least do a combo or two. So kudos to them for that. Yeah, man, this is kind of a cool time though, right? You just had all the announcements on a bunch of new stuff coming, and then now we just start the barrage of stuff coming out between like now and November. Right. Like something every week till the end of time, it's going to feel like. I mean, hell, that doesn't even count the fact like Diablo's here in nine days or something, I think it is. So it's around the corner. And I'm expecting a lot of people to go from playing Zelda right over to playing Diablo from the sound of it. Because, man, it's already getting huge reviews. I've seen tons of YouTube videos about it. It's apparently making a ton of money every week already. And it doesn't even have, like, just a regular open release yet. So, yeah, Diablo, it's going to, if if it's as good as advertised and already making as much money as they say, like, it's going to blow the doors off of things for them over there. They're going to make so much money off that game. Yep. So, yeah, I'm going to go a different direction here. There's a chef I'd seen a little bit of online. Uh, he's a black guy. His name's uh, Chef Andy. And he is also a gamer and he actually published his first cookbook. I believe it just launched this week and it's the ultimate gamers cookbook, which is pretty cool. So all the recipes are gamer themed or gamer related, I believe, which is kind of cool. because he's kind of like putting his two passions together. But one of the other interesting things about it is the way he explained it is he also tried to make the recipes so that almost anybody can create them. So they even have a lot of ingredients that could be substituted for other things. So whether, you know, maybe you don't have shallots, but the recipe still works well with regular onions or something, right? So like if you have budget options for things or if you have dietary restrictions, like it's pretty cool that not only did he put together a themed cookbook, He also took that extra level of thought of just like, hey, some people may not be able to afford certain ingredients or certain people just may not be able to eat certain things or whatever. And he tried to create these recipes that had substitutable ingredients, which is kind of cool. There's a lot of times it's not the case, right? You'll get a cookbook and go like, "Ah, I don't have these four or five things. I can't make this. Or, oh, this has these two ingredients in it. I I can't make this because I don't know what would be the right replacements or whatever. So that's actually really cool that he took that level of thought and even did that for his first cookbook, right? Not just like, hey, let me make the best possible recipes so people want to come back and buy my stuff. It's like, I'm going to make good food or at least good recipes, but also pre- create it in a way that anybody could use it. And like that, that's some cool forward thinking there that maybe other chefs or I guess aspiring cooks or whatever that make cookbooks should actually consider. 
it's probably going to make his cookbook more appealing to a larger audience. And on top of that, he even hinted that apparently he has a Diablo-themed cookbook that's going to be on the way shortly as well. So smart for the timing on that one. But right. yeah, cool that this dude's all in. And I hope this works for him. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Because, you know, I've seen like the Star Wars cookbook or whatever, you know, that type of stuff. But it's usually just, here's a recipe. It's themed to whatever series, planet, whatever. But it's still kind of just a recipe. You know, this is cool that, yeah, it's probably just going to be a recipe themed for gaming. But it at least has another purpose underneath all that. And, I, and I'm on board with that. That's pretty cool. It's it's a way to be inclusive while still just making the thing you want and not having to have anybody along the process compromise. And the people that have to, for personal reasons or whatever, at least still get to enjoy a reasonable version of what you're trying to create. So, like, yeah, I'm, I'm for it. I just thought that was really cool, and I thought it was worth mentioning because I found that uh, earlier today when he was talking about the launch of his cookbook. But let's get into a couple of quick topics before we... Uh, Hammer the big one. Brian, I'm going to get to go to Canada for the first time. It's pretty cool. So I'm going to be going to Victoria, British Columbia to hang out with the people over at Loading Ready Run. You've probably seen them. They do a ton of stuff. They have a great team of folks that's putting out content every day, it seems like. And they have invited me to be part of the pre-pre-release for the Lord of the Rings set, which is pretty cool. Uh, this is kind of one of the things I might have hinted at it last week that said I couldn't talk about it yet. We were waiting for all the official announcements. But one thing I can say, I can't give details, but this is another example for me of how legacy brands are very strict and control a lot of things because we've already discussed things that we can and can't do, can and can't say. You know, and you and if you watch the event. You'll probably understand when you see it. I, and again, I'm not going to go into details because I don't know what's legally NDA or not. So I don't want to get myself in trouble. But it will be the weekend of uh, June 9 and 10. So next week, uh, I, which is the show might come out a day early, <laughs> our show, because we're going to have to record a day early because I'll be on the road on Wednesday because I will be driving uh, to get into Canada. So that'll be a thing. But yeah. Just wanted to mention that, so if anybody wants to watch yours truly embarrass himself in a game of sealed play with cards I've never seen before, I guess technically I'll have reviewed them, so I'll at least know they exist, but never played with them before, uh, that'll be fun. I'm also supposed to be on there with Mana Curves, or Chase uh, is her name, and Z-Bax. So if you uh, know either of them, they're going to be on the show as well. So yeah, should be a fun time. I'm looking forward to enjoying Canada, and hopefully I can... Uh, Get me some fries and cheese curds and gravy, as they call poutine up there. So that'd be good. Yep. All well, right, Brian. Cold molson ice there. And... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we we know people get dumb on stream, right? So this isn't anything new. But man, I was reviewing some stuff from our commentary during the Arena Championship oh, three last weekend. And, you know, okay, first, let me say that just bless the moderators because they were doing a hell of a job and there was a lot to deal with, but they were handling it very well. So credit to them. But one thing I did notice 
is there was a lot, even afterwards a little bit, there was some, but you know, it's Reddit. So Reddit's Reddit. They, they love me one week. They hate me the next week. So I don't, I don't worry about that too much, but there were several cases where how you got excited. Hi, you, by the way, was, she's female and, and she's a streamer and she comes on and does a lot of commentary. She does even more commentary things than, than I do actually. She's great though. Fantastic woman to work with. But she was getting excited about a thing, and then they're just like, oh, well, she should quit screaming, quit being so animated, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, well, that's weird, but sure. But then you get some people saying that even though I was being animated, well, I wasn't being animated enough compared to the other streamers or whatever, the other commentators. And it's just like, all right. So noticing, though, that almost nobody else got hardly anything like that in the chat and coincidentally i'm the only black guy hi use the only asian person on the panel shocked, shocked yeah. I tell you. right so just like come on really it's that necessary like and don't be wrong if you want to critique you know maybe i use i slipped up and used the wrong word on a card or something i called it the wrong thing or what okay cool because that's the thing i actually did that i messed up Right now, admittedly, I make fun of myself. I correct it. Not a big deal. But hey, maybe that bugs you. OK, that's at least a legit complaint. But when all you're going to do is come on and be like. Oh, well, uh, they managed to get Denzel Washington to do magic commentary like what? Like that's that's what your takeaway is from this. And one, Wait, they called you Denzel Washington. Oh, yeah, yeah. That happened what like five or six times over the weekend. And one, I'm like, I, thank you. Yeah, like, and that's literally what I, when I got done and I was taking a break and I kind of went down to my kitchen, I was like, you know, it's dumb that one, you would even say I look like Denzel Washington, but two, at least if I want to be compared to somebody, <laughs> you know, like, might as well be Denzel. I yeah. get Lawrence Fishburne all the time, you know, and that's not quite as, I love Lawrence Fishburne, it's not quite as cool. Yeah, if you'd have told me the dude from, uh, uh, what was that show with Loki when they were doing the time thing? And the guy that was the main time bad guy. Like, oh, Jonathan Majors? Yeah, if you would have said that, at least I'm closer to looking like Jonathan Majors. I'd be uh, like, you don't look like him right now. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, for real. But I at least would have been like, okay, at least that makes sense. I don't but, see that at all. By the way, I'm just saying, it's at least closer where I can be like, all right, I can wrap my head around that one. But... All, all three of those scream more of like, or do we all look alike? Because you know, oh, of course, like, of course. You did. I don't get similar vibes from any of the. I, I never looked at Jonathan Majors and be like, oh, he looked just like the corn. No, but it's such a dumb thing that you get somebody who doesn't look like you in the space, and your first thing is like, let's make a joke about how this looks like other celebrity and other celebrity is playing magic, and then that happened multiple times throughout the weekend. And it's just like, really? that That's what you're here for. Like, that's your takeaway. Not like, hey, even if you thought I sucked, at least be like, man, I don't like this guy's voice. Okay, cool. That's legit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, so we, we are, have no problem taking criticism about the material. Like you said, if... Uh, if you uh, you know misname a card or i've i've mispronounced people's names numerous times <laughs> and people obviously always let you know about that and yeah i appreciate that that's the thing i want to correct but yeah the fact that you don't like the way i look 
you know how you sound, right? Exactly. And don't be wrong. <laughs> I will say this. Overwhelming majority were positive. I got several quality DMs from people saying, hey, they appreciated me being on commentary. They really liked my interactions with Corey. And by the way, I've worked with Corey. That's either the fourth or fifth time now. Great, easy to work with. Me and Corey have no problems. Like, fantastic, easy commentary team. Love it. Even had people who followed me on Twitter and said, like, hey, I'd never heard of you before, but saw you on cover, decided I was going to start following me. Like, I like your stuff. But like, okay, cool. So there's enough positive feedback that I know I wasn't screwing up. So I'm not worried about that. But it's just sad to see that that's the behavior people had, and they think, like, that's okay. And again, that's these are the ones that also didn't get blocked fast enough, by the way, that we actually got to see. Because the moderators oh, yeah. were a lot. Like, there were multiple people who just got banned from the stream, like, from the channel. That that happened multiple times throughout the weekend. So there's no telling how much there was that I didn't. Because, again, I'm only kind of glancing at, at chat while I'm actually trying to follow the action and do color commentary or whatever. So who knows? It could have been a lot more that happened live that, you know, were getting banned before I got to them or getting, you know, deleted or whatever. So who knows? But that means it happened enough because I at least saw that many of them and I wasn't even focusing on the chat that much. And that's the thing I'm looking at and taking away and going like, all right. And I get it. If somebody's volume's too high, hey, being like, hey, you know, when you gets excited, like it's, it's hurting my ears a little bit. Can y'all bring the volume down or whatever? Cool. That's something we can correct or whatever. But when and also different in any form of, you know, broadcasting, people have different styles, you know? Oh, like, for sure. Joe Book and Troy Aikman don't sound the same. They're not supposed to. They both are, you're actually you're supposed to hire commentators, you know, that play well off of each other and bring different things. Cause they got two people exactly like Daquan. Okay, that might be that might be awkward. They might not play well off of each other. It's, it, it, it's tough. People criticize things as usual that they very rarely know <laughs> anything about. Yeah, and honestly, overall, I think the whole thing went well. I mean, we got to call some cool games. Uh, just like it, overall, it was just a good quality run production. I was gonna say while we we're all just on the topic, like let's talk about some of the positive things that happened. Yeah, and honestly, the there was only one snafu, and it's because the actual location they were at had their internet go down for a second. That'll mess you up yeah, <laughs> every they, time. But they got it back up and running, I think, within like th either two or three minutes. It was very quick. So beyond that, we had almost no issues all weekend. The one or two things where maybe like there was a technical thing, we had to wait for a, a slide or something to get updated or whatever. We just vamped on camera for like 20 seconds, gave them time to get it done. It popped up. Everything worked. I, it, was, it was overall a really, really good event. And even for being the standard pre-bans, you ended up with, I think it was basically five different decks in the top eight, which was pretty cool. You know, so it's just like nothing to really gripe about. Overall, it was a very well-run event, well-received event by people. And it was just sad to see those types of knuckleheads thinking that was okay to just pop up in the chat and like that's all you got to talk about. Like, come on. Like, and I, again, I'm fine with feedback. If you just don't like me, that's fine too. Like, I may not, be, if if they get enough feedback that like, I am not the guy a lot of people want to listen to, maybe I shouldn't be doing commentary for them. I may not be built for that crowd. That is totally okay. That's a legit reason, you know? 
but just to come on and just like making jokes about Denzel Washington playing magic. It's like, really? Nah, right. <laughs> like, like that's what you got. Hell, I, hell, even, even the random Steve Urkel joke. And I'm like, dude, you're showing your age with that one. Cause half this audience doesn't even know who the hell you're talking about. You know? So it, it was a mess, but it's kind of expected. You know, we've talked about it before, even on my personal streams, have people pop in and dropping in bombs on stuff and then act like nothing's going to happen. So it's like, why would we expect any different, you know? And the, and this was prior <laughs> to the next <laughs> thing we're, we're going to talk about. Because, man, I, we're just going to go straight into the dinner table here. Because unless you were literally under a rock, I don't know how you could have avoided seeing the mess that social media became for Magic, or at least on Magic Twitter for sure. Though I say that, I did see it also on some Facebook groups and whatever. So maybe it's just Magic social media over the last... I think it's safe to call it 72 hours or so at this point. But man, they put up a cool piece of artwork with the new, and I air quotes here, nobody can see, Black Aragorn carrying his sword all like shiny and glistening with the rest of the artwork being kind of darkened or whatever. And man, the comments were dumb. The comments were dumb. Okay, then let, let, let me... I'm going to start with the premise that the people that are trying to hold on to and argue against are that they are trying to blackface or blackwash, as some of them are using the term, Tolkien's writings and characters for the sake of profit and are trying to destroy the history of the license. And I'm, I'm going to put that aside for a second, because if that were the only real problem, that's at least something on some level worthy of discussion. The problem becomes when that's not really what you're arguing. Because if you go look at those comment sections... And man, if you saw the, okay, let me just go over the types of comments. Here's, here's what we can do. Let me go over my list of comments from people and tweets and whatever that I had to ban people for or block people for. The first being, and this, by the way, this is in response to me posting, hey, y'all being mad about this and coming after creators is the wrong thing to be doing. You should be going after wizards. And more importantly, you should be going after the Tolkien estate because they're the ones that actually signed off on all this. The same way y'all were mad about the Rings of Power and they had people of color in those and whatever, that's all has to be signed off at the very top of the ladder or that thing never happens. You know, basically is what I'm saying. And if you also look at the other responses, there's a lot of people that are super excited about the Black Aragorn and just the art direction as a whole about the set and they're going to buy skids of these cards. Then the idiocy started. And by the way, within the first 24 hours, that post or that tweet had, I believe, something like nearly 80,000 interactions. So people were all over it. I actually got to the point I had to turn off comments because they were just like too much for me to keep up with at one point. Yeah. But negative things I had to deal with, or at least that led to me banning people or blocking people. There's a, well, there's no way that 
Laron and Shaniqua are going to be going and buying a bunch of these boxes. All right. They didn't have to check that person's history. I already knew what kind of person they were. Right. Somebody who thought it was really fun to tell me, well, obviously, Dequeef, you don't know anything about this. All right. Cool. Don't need to check your history. Well, you're trying to make it bigger than that. We're just tired of you people. Didn't have to check your history. And then there was a whole lot of people who wanted to try to argue random side things. But then when you point out, like, well, I went through your history and you didn't seem to complain about Gimli just being turned into comic relief and not being the, like, introverted poet or whatever he kind of was from the books. That didn't bother you. Them what? leaving Tom Bombadil out of the movies yep. didn't bother you. He didn't even get a courtesy appearance or a right? And I mean, that was you know, like top 10 Lord of the Rings complaints about the movies. No Tom Bombadil. And because the way social media works, you can search for their name or username along with those other keywords. And magically, there's no discussions on their stuff. You want to say, well, yeah, I argued that too. Like, no, obviously you didn't actually because the internet doesn't forget. Unless you magically went back and deleted all those and scraped them somehow. And if so, why did you? So you're full of crap. But here's the thing. Most of the people who were arguing this, I went back through, other than unless you were being just overtly racist and dumb, like the ones I mentioned. And there were at least 20 more of those just like that. But the others, I went, okay, let me go look at your social media history. And my thought is I had a process. I was going to look at their first 20 tweets or retweets of stuff and decide if I wanted this person still in my orbit or if they were worth having an actual good faith discussion with. Guess what? Only one person passed the checks. Almost every one of them within the first 20 responses were multiple things to do with Fox News, something to do with white nationalists, whatever, something to do with Elon Musk and multiple different random things around that. Or just randomly insulting minority groups. Oh, and there was a lot of also transgender hate as well. Imagine that. That was a very common recurring theme. So when I look at these people in these comments, I want to tell everybody to do the same thing. Go look at their actual history. And that tells you where those arguments are coming from. They are not arguments about the book. Hell, if they're super fans, go back through their stuff. Most of them don't even have a post in the last year talking about it. And as you mentioned, there's been a lot going on with the Rings of Power. Uh, yep. They don't even have, and so and for one of them, it was, I, this is I believe the, the last th- thing they posted about was ring, the Rings yeah. of Power like uh, preview video or whatever the intro when that went out. One of them that was the last time he said anything about Lord of the Rings. One of the stories I wrote for Tilt earlier this year. This is the 20th anniversary of the Two Towers. How many of them even noted or zero. mentioned that? I can <laughs> literally tell you zero. Right. 
so when things you would think somebody that is so just uh, hard that, that's the thing like I, as you said obviously if i see the white supremacist link or the racist meme okay yeah i'm out on everything you had to say i know where you're coming from even those that, that don't have those trademarks there it's about the lore they're steadfast guardians of tolkien's lore and and this shouldn't be done to it problem is that that's not your job but here's that, my that be your only identity but it's not your job. But that's my thing, though. If that was truly the thing, and that was, and you seemed like an otherwise reasonable person, but that's the thing, and it really bothered you. Cool. Let's have a real conversation about it. But the reality is, these are not people making posts and discussions in good faith. They're just not. You can tell from everything else they posted. And even even if we go down that line of of, of reasoning. Even if that's your motivation, you're still incorrect sure, <laughs> because sure. the people, <laughs> the person whose actual job and family legacy it is to protect Tolkien's work has signed off on this. Yeah, that that's beside the point. Like, that's what I'm saying. But if it bothers you, at least we can have a talk about it. But if you're starting out from a point where your history says you pretty much have a problem with anything that's not super right wing conservative pro all the negative stuff in the world currently i know we're not going to have a real discussion by the way that's just what happens with with works of art broadway shows that redo their cast in, in all numbers of ways shakespeare even though most of his plays are about you know either roman culture or british culture both there's that right now deny ganeer i believe is doing richard the third if it can be done to Shakespeare, spoiler alert, anyone can have their work reinterpreted. Shakespeare is the god among writers. If it can be done to Shakespeare, it can be done to Tolkien, and it will be. Did we Or literally like, any other piece of, of lore or artwork or whatever. Did we have that weird Romeo and Juliet that was set in like modern times and had like, was it Jet Li or somebody in that movie? Who, who was Romeo that? Must Die. Yeah, yeah and it was that, actually, that's actually yeah. a really good yeah, movie. Yeah. That one. So like, and hell, they that, did Othello with '98 or something, '99, something like that. They, they redid Othello in kind of a modern teenage setting. I want to say it was called O, I believe. Yep, yep, that was a while ago too. So yes, if you're if you are lucky enough as a writer for your work to last for a hundred years or better. It will always be reinterpreted. And if the work is is worth that, and after 100 years you assume it is, it should be. It should be, especially if you're in control of the property, it should be your mission to make sure everybody that wants to read this has a reason to read this, to, can engage with it, and can see something of their culture, can see people they know and kind of... Because at the end of the day, the, Romeo and Juliet's race, for example, is irrelevant. The important thing is it's a tragic story about what happens when two people are in love and their families can't stand each other. And we can all relate to that. Yeah, and let's let's talk about a thing here too, right? For There's a long period of time where creatives did not make real money. I mean, unless you were, I don't know, you, you got to paint the Sistine Chapel or something, you know, do something for super rich people, you really didn't make that much money being a creative. So society also dictated that you couldn't even really have main characters that were people of color in lots of parts of society, or that was going to put you in a bad light with a lot of people. 
So Heck, not even not even people of color. They had to be rich. <laughs> yeah, in a lot of cases. Right. And and that's kind of also part of the problem that we're also talking about works that were written largely in times. Hell, really, up until Jim Crow, you know, like, yeah, that you couldn't even have black characters in a lot of things without inviting a lot of negativity. So if you were already a struggling creative and you wanted to include them in your works, you were taking a real big gamble that you may not even eat for a while. You know, that's real. Or the church might come by, declare you a heretic, and have you burned. (laughs) The the world that you lived in. But uh, So here's the alternative, right? Like, you can change a character or two to at least invite other people into your space. And say, like, hey, we're willing to have somebody who looks like you, makes it at least a little bit more relatable. And if nothing else, at this point, hey a little bit of a treat or a reward, if you want to call it that, because you have been supporting our work, even though we didn't have anybody who looks like you. Because the other option is to somehow shoehorn in a character that happens to match this new background, and then you're rewriting canon to be like, no, this character always existed. Remember that time when, like, Legislist got this secret information and we didn't talk about where it was from? It's because he met this character but we just never put them on camera then it just gets dumb right we're not gonna do that that that's even worse and when changing the things about these characters truly does not change the story especially in this case because there is no story these are this is just our yeah. magic is magic getting writing a book about this right there's no absolutely <laughs> there, there nothing, are no lord of the rings novels you'll be able to purchase about yeah nothing this. about this is gonna go forward and change it this is literally just in the world of this is Marvel taking their stuff and do, doing uh, crap, that ultimate oh, ultimate Marvel, right? Yeah. Where we're just taking the characters and going, hey, what if we just did a different spin on if they existed in this universe, what would they look like? And, you know, that's how we got Black Nick Fury. People don't know that. Like, Nick Fury yeah. had the weird, like, white hair line in the middle and, you know, all that and smoked a cigar. And, you know, he was just a different type of character. And they actually just did his send off issue this month. They officially retired him, and and now, guys, I, I think that the storyline of the comic book is that uh, the that the, the the black Nick Fury is Nick Fury's son. So now he's officially he is the Nick Fury, the only Nick Fury in the Marvel universe. The other one is retired. Cool, the original one. So yeah, so sometimes you can't also find versions that go like, hey, people do like this, and this is good for business. And and here's the other thing. We've brought this up before. If I'm a fan of a thing and more people want to interact with my thing, that's a positive. Because that means I can... In, in the case of Lord of the Rings, that means there will be more fans for more movies, for more TV shows, for more weird collectibles or whatever, right? The market is larger so more people and companies get involved so you can get more fun stuff for your fandom. But to block people out just means your fandom suffers. Like, why would you want that? I mean, that's like me saying, I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan, but, you know, these Redskins fans, or I guess now Commanders fans, some of them are trying to, maybe they're trying to defect because they don't like their owner. Though, by the way, he's going to have to be selling part of the team soon, or actually the majority of the team soon. So that's hey, good news if you're a Commanders fan. But they're like, you know, 
y'all look like y'all are having fun over there. Like, how about y'all do a little something and try to encourage a few of us to come over there? Cause like, we're kind of interested, you know, if Jerry Jones went, Hey, you know what, if we do this and maybe we have this type of stuff over here, that's going to invite a few more people from Washington, DC to be Cowboys fans. All right, cool. Let's do it. You know what I mean? It'd be weird to just be like, nah, sorry. Y'all, y'all are clearly Commanders fans. You don't get to come have fun with us over here as Cowboys fans, right? It, do, it just doesn't make sense. Like, why wouldn't you want them to enjoy your thing? So, yeah, this whole thing is just silly. And, like, and here's the other thing. It's kind of like we were talking about last week or the week before, right? Even if we give you the benefit of the doubt and you really are concerned or bothered and wanting to have a good faith conversation, you have to look around because the majority of the people that believe with you happen to be racist type people. Right. We're not saying you're racist. We're saying the racists think you're racist. Exactly, though. That, I mean, that's real, right? If you look yeah. around, like I said, I literally, and dude, I'm not even exaggerating. I went through like 50, 60 people's history. And one person passed the checks. So... If that's the case, they just went to the wrong meeting or something. I guess like, but how, and I do that to my, not on these, this level of topic, because I'm generally pretty good about it, but there are some things where when I look at things and go, I obviously feel very different about this than other people. Like, is there a chance I'm just wrong here? So then I go ask some folks to be like, Hey, is my interpretation of this backwards? Cause it just feels wrong or whatever. And then you get to have a real conversation. But that's also having some humility to look around and be like, the people that agree with me seem to be real wrong on other stuff. Exactly. When I when I am undecided, I look at like, okay, who is in favor of this thing? Who is opposed? Exactly. And I ask myself, which group, again, is usually more, more correct about things? But you have to sometimes. Yeah, right? You've got to check you, yourself. As you mentioned, we got social media now, so it's not it's not too hard to figure out who's been right about the last three or four, whether it's evaluating cards, whether it's a political discussion, whether it's even picking baseball games, whatever. Our track records are out there. Yep. And that's exactly what I was looking into. And and it's it's sad that these people aren't even aware of that. And I would say it's even more sad, those people that are jumping on these threads and then just deciding they don't even have to say the quiet part's quiet. They're just coming out and saying, like, no, we're just tired of you people. Right. Like, literally, just in the post. Like, just, like, damn, dog, really? All right. I don't think you know much about me. But okay, that's your loss. And if they're racist, they don't need to know. They just know you, you, you don't have the skin color they want to associate with. So anything else you say is completely irrelevant to them. Oh, for sure. And lo and behold, anything else they got to say is completely irrelevant to us. But this is one of the reasons that it, it's tough because I really would rather somebody support myself or other people people of color because you very specifically just like the thing, the content, the art, the whatever it is that they're producing. But also it's beneficial to support those people 
because there are a lot of folks like this just out and about that are always going to be working against each of these creators. I mean, I tell people, not even joking, like it is a regular thing for me to delete comments, you know, block people, hide yeah. user from channel on a weekly basis. You know, and there's hurdles to deal with regularly. And when then, I had one of these debates on, on my YouTube channel, so I asked somebody, you know, okay, just our argument, what, who, however you think, whether you disagree with me or not, picture being somebody that's picture we're having this argument in the local magic store. Somebody comes, somebody's a brand new player comes in, hears this argument. How comfortable do you think they feel? Well, if they're if they're like you and they're a snowflake, I wouldn't want them playing magic. Okay, you'd rather if they don't agree with you politically, they're just not welcoming your card game. Okay, that's a very mature attitude that will absolutely help magic grow. Yeah, it's it's you know what this is, and it's the hypocrisy to the whole thing, right? It's these same people that will want to vilify somebody because they were accused, not even proven, accused to have been a theft or thief having stolen something from a store. And then, you know, their cops making a scene and this, that, and the other, and the person doesn't want to, like, well, you should have just listened to them. You should have just moved it, right? It's that person. Yet, that same person is out there celebrating these people that are going into, like, Target and tearing down whole displays and harassing employees and everything, like, literally doing thousands, if not tens of thousands of dollars of damage making somebody's job awful that they didn't have a decision in or whatever. And outwardly are vandalizing stuff and like, well, I don't know why that person's getting attacked or that person's being fined or blah, blah, whatever. Like, wait, so the person who overtly did a thing and on top of that harassed other people while they were doing it, you're okay with that behavior. But the other person who was wrongly accused of doing a thing because they wanted to stand their ground while being falsely accused, they're the one you want to vilify. And magically, more often than not, it's usually because of a different skin tone. Right? And, Funny how that works out. And again, this isn't about just playing the race card and anything else, but this is just the topic at hand. And you're this is coming from somebody who I've literally been here basically from the beginning of watching this whole industry really grow. Like once magic came into its own and then game stores started opening up and I've talked about it before being one of the first black game store owners, being one of the few black employees at some of these big companies, being the only black representative in some of these business dealings, you know, being denied the opportunity to do stuff because of skin color. Like just, you can't tell me it doesn't exist. You can't tell me it's not a problem. And I get it when people look and say like, oh, well, you don't talk about it all the time. You don't do this. And it's like, yeah, because that's all my content would be. Like, I got to produce something else. Other than, because if I don't, you know what I am then? I'm just the angry black guy that complains all the time. And that, dude, you don't want to know how messed up things are? I had this thought the other day. I, I was I was in the car. And it's a nice day because weather doesn't get too hot up here to like for real, like right in the middle of summer for like two weeks. Right. So I'm I'm flipping through Sirius XM and the 90 stations on. And I can't remember. It was, I don't know. Maybe a Busta Rhyme song or something came on. And 
I started to roll my windows down and I was like, I gotta, I gotta turn my radio down. Because I know exactly the interpretation that comes with that. Like, and that that's such a terrible thought to have. Like, it shouldn't matter. It shouldn't mean because it wasn't like I was blaring it, but like the people on the next car would have heard it. You know what I mean? And but like, even that thought is like I've already gotten mentally trained, I guess, to be like, don't be that guy. Right. You know what I mean? Like, don't whatever. But I but I realize I catch myself applying that to a lot of things because you have to not be that person. Right. And whether anybody wants to talk about it or not, when it comes to these spaces that are predominantly white and you are a person of color, when especially when there's this level of stuff going on, like you have to be careful what you say and how you present it. And you have to put extra thought into everything because every little thing is a potential misstep. Hell, I reviewed the cards just this week for the Lord of the Rings stuff that they put out on Tuesday. And immediately had people talking about like, oh, well, you're only reviewing these because they have a black Aragorn and blah, blah. Like, bro, really? Have you not seen the rest of my content? Of course they haven't. They only said that they searched for black Aragorn and are going and trashing everybody. There's there's a demo here. It's like, so now you're telling me if there's any type of controversy, I'm just not supposed to do anything related to it or else I'm going to catch a stray. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? Like, like, what the hell? Like, what are we doing? Now, admittedly, that person just got hired user from channel and I don't give a damn. I'll never see him again. But it's a fact of the matter that, again, I've dealt with this enough. Literally, on a business level, on a corporate level, on a personal level, whatever. I've I've been through it. But a lot of other people have not. And it sucks knowing other people that are not mentally equipped or haven't had to been, you know, pushed through their trial by fire yet you know, are going to have to deal with this stuff when they have nothing to do with any of it. They're not, they're not even commenting on the decision. They're literally just commenting on the product itself and they're going to catch a lot of heat over it. Like it's just unfair because those people had nothing to do with anything, but it is what it is. Why don't you everybody where they can find you on social media, Brian. All right, I am Brian Sonic on Twitter, YouTube, Instagram. Our family channel on YouTube is Allen's Ever After. And I'm going to be excited. I think we held on to our PG-13 rating because I only dropped one foul word. So <laughs> right. that's a win for this episode. But you can find me just about everywhere at Power Dragon, P-O-W-R-D-R-A-G-N. And you can check me out on Loading Ready Run on the next week's uh, pre-released. And go check out our new sponsor, CoolStuffInc.com. As always, wherever you're listening, whenever you're listening, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Please take care of yourselves and your family. And, you know, block racists. Yeah. Be awesome and be awesome to each other. If you'd like to further support Color of Magic, you can find us on our website at colorofmtg.com. We also have a Patreon if you'd like to donate. Other patreon.com slash colorofmagic. You can also find us on Facebook under Color of Magic. And if you want to follow us along at Twitter, you can find us there at Color of MTG. And as always, please share the podcast around to your friends, your network, people you think might enjoy it, because every little bit helps as we're trying to increase our user base.